Hello and welcome to Conversations, a podcast featuring stories about kindness and compassion and how one message, or story in this case, at just the right moment can change someone's entire day, outlook, or life. My name is Megan Murphy, your host and founder of the Kindness Rocks Project, a grassroots movement of many that can now be found in over 25 countries around the world. Hi there. Thank you for joining Conversations. I'm so excited today to share with you a guest that we connected on social media, and her name is Fritzi Horstman. She's in California, correct, Fritzi? Correct, in Los Angeles. Yeah, so Fritzi and I connected online, and she does amazing work, and I'm going to let her tell her own bio. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell the listeners a little bit about you? Okay, Megan, so my name is Fritzi Horseman, and I'm the founder of the Compassion Prison Project. Before I founded the Compassion Prison Project, I was a producer in Los Angeles for films and television. My most famous effort was The Defiant Ones, which was on HBO. And once I started, I got invited to a prison, and when I got there, I thought, oh, this is a trauma center. This isn't a prison. And I spent eight hours in the prison, and I cried for those eight hours, and I said, when are we coming back? And I was told we would be back in six months, and I just knew that we needed to get in there faster. So I kind of cobbled together a curriculum about kindness and compassion, because that's where I feel that when you have compassion for yourself, the world responds in kind. And so what I did in January of 2019 is I gathered a few volunteers and I went in there. Um, the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation suggested I do a pilot program. And so we did a pilot program for about a year, for a year. We just finished our first year and it's been incredibly successful. And the men, the men have said it's the best program they've ever had because of the compassion that we bring and then the compassion that they are finding for themselves. Three of the men were addicted to heroin and through this program they have stopped using. That's just one of the one of the ways we're we're gauging our effectiveness. And we're about to start in another prison and this month we'll be filming a short film called Childhood Trauma Behind Bars. It's based on the ACEs test, the adverse childhood experiences test that the Kaiser Foundation came up with to gauge what the effects of childhood trauma are on health. And what I've come to find out is that childhood trauma also leads to incarceration. Wow. It's wonderful. It was a wonderful introduction to your work because it gives us all an understanding of where you came from and, and what you did with that and turned your passion into creating something wonderful in this world. So I just, I'm riveted to listening to you. So I'm interested in that compassion piece because I find that, you know, with the Kindness Rocks Project, when people, um, reach out to one another and they say, oh, I see you, I hear you, and I understand. I mean, that is so powerful, right? Oh, it's amazing you said that because yesterday I was I was in a forgiveness class at Lancaster and I saw a man who was sitting directly across from me in the room and I saw his trauma. I saw, it almost makes me cry, I just saw his, I saw the pain in his eyes and I looked at him and I took my two fingers, you know, and I pointed him to my eyes and then I pointed him to his eyes. And I said, I see you. And, you know, through, through my, my miming. And he came up to me at the end of the class and he said, 
I've been in prison for 25 years and no one has connected to me like you did in class today. The power we have to affect another human is it's so stored up in us. And I think we have an opportunity every day and every minute to make connections and to change lives. Just a smile is so important. And especially in a, a prison, it is even, it, it is magnified a smile or a gesture of love. And I think it's in all of our powers to change the world. It has a ripple effect. We can't underestimate the one small act of a kind gesture because it will change everything. And the quantum effect of a kind gesture, as we multiply it within ourselves, is, as you know, Megan, it goes right back inside. Yeah. Whatever we put out comes right back to us. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what we're putting out is, is really what we have and have to give. And, you know, we shouldn't be hoarding our kindness anymore. I mean, I think that we're so afraid to be kind sometimes that we, we forget. Yeah, it's very vulnerable. So kindness can be very vulnerable. And I'm assuming, you know, having not myself been within the prison walls and worked with the incarcerated, but I can assume that the last thing you want to be when you're in prison is vulnerable. Right. Interesting. Yes. It's almost counterintuitive because I think vulnerability is the greatest strength that we have because it affects other people when you're vulnerable, they get to become vulnerable. And yes, I understand what you're saying, because if you show vulnerability, you become a target. And yet, I believe things are changing so rapidly now that there is the gateway and an opening to vulnerability in prison and on the streets where violence is rampant. I think we need to change that idea. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's almost like um, ending the stigma. I mean, mental health, the whole campaign about ending the stigma of mental health, right? And the stigma that goes along with kindness for say in behind the prison walls or out on the streets where maybe there's gangs or and being vulnerable, but yet our vulnerability is absolutely, in your words, our strength. And that's what connects us to one another because we're human beings first before we're anything else, before the labels get put on us, right? Whether we're an entrepreneur or a criminal or whether we're a mother or a daughter or whatever those labels are, we're human beings and we're connected through those emotions. So I think the work that you're doing, the work that we're trying to do here with the Kindness Rocks Project has that same goal in mind to to make it okay and to make it more of an everyday thing. Come on, guys, urge people, right? Yes, yes. I mean, vulnerability is, is an invitation to the heart, right? And that's where we that's where we connect. And I just wanted to comment on the the I am's that you were saying, you know, I'm a criminal. So that's one label, but within that one heading of a person, I am a criminal. They're also a father, they're also a son, they're also a brother. They're also an artist and a uh, poet and um, an entrepreneur. So, you know, we put one label on a person and that defines them for the rest of their life. And underneath that one sentence, that one description is a whole huge human being that is waiting to be unearthed and who has talent to give back to us. Yeah, and getting um, rid of that we, label is so important, right? And using the I am in more of a powerful way, like I am love, or I am an inspiration for many, or I am through affirmations and kind of taking away those labels like we are not to be defined by the things that we've done, 
but by the things that we offer the world. And so forgiveness is a big part of probably the work that you do, I'm assuming. Mm, yes, yes. Um, and the thing is, the thing that when they say I'm a criminal, that's encased in shame. And sometimes the shame is so crippling, they don't even know who they really are underneath that shame and that label. And that's one of the things we do work on is who are you? You know, who really are you? Because we know, we know you committed a crime 20 years ago, but a lot has changed since then. And I am, I am not the same person I was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so clearly you're not. It's basically like they're frozen in time. In the minds of society, we're not allowed to develop and, and grow and expand when we commit a crime. And we all know that's not true because every day, you know, every seven years, all of our cells change in our body. So how could the person that committed the crime 20 years, one years ago, that's three lifetimes of a, of a body that has just matured into, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we all evolve. And what I'm seeing visiting these men every week is just a desire to show the world who they really are, which I'm going to say I'm, I'm seeing more magnificent behind those walls than I see in my day-to-day interactions with the general public. I mean, of course, I see it in them as well, but it's a concentrated kind of artificial environment. So you get to, it's everything's magnified there, which is kind of what's so interesting about visiting a prison. And I really encourage all your listeners to find ways to volunteer because it immediately will change how you perceive the incarcerated and also it'll change how you see yourself. The alchemy of visiting prison is a stunning thing, which is why we bring 12 volunteers this Saturday so they can experience it's such a gift to bring people. Yeah. So a couple of things. The first thing is, is I'm, when you talk about things being amplified behind the walls and I bet gratitude for the smallest things, including an act of kindness of your time and your volunteers time coming there is a big one that's amplified, right? Because everything else is kind of stripped away and you're grateful for the simple things that you have available to you. Yeah. Yes, we, um, and you know, we bring them treats. It's getting reviewed to see if we're going to be able to bring treats anymore. We brought them an orange and some of the men haven't had an orange in 20 years. And a couple of weeks ago, one of the volunteers brought a rosemary cracker and one of the incarcerated men, he spent probably three minutes smelling and tasting and coming to understand just what that cracker was about because it was a flavor he's never experienced. And one of the things we want to do is we've asked a chef, a local chef, to do a little tasting menu. You know, I mean, he won't be able to cook on site or anything, but just bring little tastes for these guys so that they can expand their sensory world because they've been, it's been limited. I mean, they have the same peanut butter or bologna sandwich every day, basically in their lives. So, I mean, the monotony of prison life is, is heightened and they're in their cells up to 23 hours a day. I go, I, we visit at maximum security prison. So just being able to get out of their cells for seven or eight hours is a great sign of uh, gratitude or, you know, relief. Yeah. So you know? what, what do you do? So you're bringing 12 volunteers next week. So what, what would you and your volunteers do when you go there? So the program varies. It depends on which volunteers we have. Once we brought a volunteer who was also a victim, so we seized that opportunity and did a restorative justice session 
so the volunteer could speak about the crime that was committed to him. And then the incarcerated men got to see what the effect of that crime had on this man, and they got to examine what they had been doing. You know, violence is normalized in both in the prison population and in the gang population. Most of these men and women come from abusive homes, highly abusive homes, where they're looked, they're sexually abused, neglected. You know, violence becomes a normal thing. A lot of men were surprised when we did the childhood trauma, the adverse childhood trauma test, to see that violence wasn't normal and that this is not how we treat each other. So when they got to experience the victim or the survivor in this circle, they got to really reflect on what violence does, what the effect of violence really is. And they said, please bring us more survivors so we can really take a deep dive into our past behaviors. Wow, that's and, um, powerful. So that's, yeah. Yes, and that was just one class. Uh, we're setting intentions again in uh, this class. We're going to set intentions and talk about the power of our words and our thoughts and to analyze those things at all times because the more positivity we bring out into the world, the more positivity comes back to us, as I keep mentioning. It seems to be my theme these days because I'm getting so much positivity coming back to me. And one of my favorite exercises that we do is each man gets to stand in the center and we go around and each person in the room tells the man standing in the center the three great qualities that we see in him. And the effect on that, on that man who has never been told that he is a leader or he is a brother to me or he is kind, he's compliments and these acts of love that that we send towards this man, not only does it change him, it changes everyone in the room. Everyone in the room is affected by the fact of kindness that we're all participating in. It's so interesting, and and I'm so glad that you just brought that up because recently with the helicopter crash out there Uh in California and, and all of those people that so tragically lost their lives and And you look at the media and everybody's saying all these great things about these people. And the sad part about it is that these people are no longer here to receive, you know, all of this love and outpouring. And so I I was thinking about, like, what if we let others know while we're still here? Because none of us are guaranteed a tomorrow you know, say those words and and make that kind of normal. And so I started this campaign. Maybe you can bring it next time you go to the prison. It's basically the hashtag is because of your kindness. And the idea is to write like a message of the impact that Mm -hmm. somebody had in your life. Like, let them know now, like, because you did this for me, whether it be now or whether it be when you were in elementary school or because you did this, this is what it meant to me. Because oftentimes life is so fast or so busy or we feel vulnerable of telling that person that we were going through a difficult time, but they made a difference. So having those moments and just what you're doing, having that person stand in the middle and people just shower them with gratitude and thanks. I mean, it's so powerful. Yes. And I mean, I'm just thinking about, you know, all the people that are addicted and suicidal out in our world, what those words of kindness would actually mean, you know, I mean, that could save a life that could, that could make someone consider not using again or reach for sobriety because what is really true and what I, I know for sure is everyone matters. And it could be such a great example the wake of his absence is being felt globally. We are all feeling his absence. And 
each person that leaves us, we will feel that absence, even though we're not completely aware of it, you know, on a conscious level, but we are, we all know what's going on with each other. And the more connected we create in this world, the more reverberations of a loss or a birth come, you know, will start affecting us more. I think this, what you say, Megan, is so important because we must not forget everyone is so important in this world, everyone. And when we start realizing it, you know, we stop the, the, the divisions that are so harmful to us, the, the I versus them, um, you know, the vow, it becomes a vow. Yeah. Everyone becomes a vow. and the divinity of us all start emerging. Like what you just said is, is honoring that divinity. Because of your kindness, I feel good about myself today because of that. Yeah. You know, so it's, we are so important to each other. And yeah, I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful to know that. And, you know, I do my best to go out in the world and smile at everyone I see because they're a reflection of who I am. Yes, we see in others. Oh, I love that. Thank you for bringing that up because this all plays back to we are all a reflection of each other. And when we meet somebody and we look into their eyes, what we see in them is a reflection of what we see in ourselves. So here's another great activity, right? So if we pair off and we are in a room and we are with somebody and we look into their eyes and the thoughts that we have that we're projecting on that person are oftentimes the thoughts that we have about ourselves because we see in others that in which we see in ourselves. So we're looking for these things. And so when we choose to see the good in others, we're amplifying the good that we see in ourselves and we grow from that. And if, and if we're not, if we're looking at others through judgmental eyes, we really need to like take pause and think, well, what does this mean? Like, how do I truly feel about myself that I'm projecting this on others? beautifully said it's beautifully said and these thoughts creep in and we don't even we're not even aware of it like the other day i thought about martha stewart and um you know i think i have a bit of an issue with her still because she's very organized and um kind of an overachiever so she activates my own sense of inferiority i was just kind of complaining to my husband about martha stewart and I caught myself. I thought, wait a second, she is me. She is the divine part of me. You know, any bad thought we have about anyone is a clue to where inside we are still not whole. Yes. And I was so great. I was so grateful for Martha Stewart. And I am sending her love now because she is my teacher. And, you know, when I have a driveway that needs to be plowed, I'm going to do it just like she does. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll send you a t-shirt. What would Martha do? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I've always admired her, honestly. And I just, you know, but just to catch your thoughts as you're thinking something negative about anyone is just where it, it will amplify the state that you're in about yourself. 
Yeah. And, and um, yeah. And that victim mentality, right? Like that's probably big in your compassion project in the prisons because there's the real, the true victims. And then there's the victims of these people that maybe they grew up in an atmosphere that that's why they landed there. But if they stay in that victim mindset of, well, of course I'm where I am because this is how I was raised. They have to overcome that and somewhat take some of that responsibility in order to find forgiveness and also to grow, right? I mean, that's what I'm assuming. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, accountability is it's crucial to this whole process, and so is forgiveness. What I'm learning is that victims or survivors don't really get satisfaction knowing that someone is getting tossed away for the rest of their lives. That's not a satisfying resolution. The path towards restorative justice is this. Is a real there's a real option for us to consider in our society now where the survivors really get to find out what can repair the harm. And, you know, maybe it is being locked up or maybe it is having the person who committed the crime take classes on kindness and investigate the mental health. Because once we start being more compassionate to the people who commit crimes, We'll start seeing that what's underneath it all is really just a lot of indoctrination of abuse and violence, and these things need to be undone. And we must not forget that 95% of the people that are incarcerated now will come back to us. And when we put them in cages and when we treat them harshly, that's how they're going to be coming back to us, more traumatized and more disconnected from themselves and from society. So it's really, it really behooves us to start really examining what kindness we can do to the men and women that are behind bars because they're, they're our biggest healers. Those people know that crime does not pay. Those people go back to their communities and they educate. I mean, I've been seeing it everywhere. All these, all these men and women that are coming out and, you know, going back to prison to, to heal, to heal the population and, you know, going back to their communities and spreading the word about, you know, really about our, who we are and that we're magnificent. We're not what we've been told we are. Yeah. When they go and do that work and because they were touched. I mean, it sounds like your project is doing amazing, amazing work. And I know when I heard about it, I was like, oh, I cannot wait to have a conversation with you about this because to educate others about that there's work out there like this that you can do. Yes, everyone. I mean, the thing is what I've learned is just showing up as a volunteer in a prison, it doesn't even matter if you, like, if you haven't, like some people, you know, teach art or teach photography or dance or poetry, or writing. But even if you don't have those skills, it doesn't matter because showing up with a kind eye and a song from your heart is all that's needed. That's all That's all anybody needs, honestly. You know, And that message of love is effective and it has a ripple effect. It all does. It's, and it's a symbolic action that I'm here for you. I've come here for you because I don't believe in what's going on right now, and I want to take care of you. And, of course, as we all know, just saying, I want to take care of you, you're also taking care of yourself. That's the law. It is. Law of attraction, it's a beautiful thing. I think if we all took the time to care a little bit more, 
um, and make sure that every day, at the end of the day, when we put our heads on our pillows, because we all do that, mm-hmm. you know, like, did we show up as the best human being? Did we smile at others? Did we make others feel welcome or that they mattered? Or did we just simply hold space for them and listen is so important. I have something that I do, Fritzy, at the end of every single interview, and and you can't see these because we're <laughs> so thousands of miles away from each other. But I have these card packs, and on the back of each card is a different rock message. So I'm going to go mm-hmm. ahead and shuffle the deck, and I'm going to pull one for you. And typically, okay. the perfect message finds who needs it. So let's see what your message is. Oh, this is interesting. I find pleasure in life's simple moments. So that was the message for you. And it sounds like you're doing amazing work. And in those simple moments, you know, it's pretty simple inside the prisons. I would assume you're finding kindness and peace for many and helping them with that. So that's amazing. How can people look a little bit deeper into the work that you're doing for it? Is there a website or social media pages they can Mm -hmm. look at? Yes, there are. There, it's all under CompassionPrisonProject.org for the website. There's a page on, on Facebook and Twitter and um, Instagram is CompassionPrisonProject, but with the periods in between each word. Um, and, and yes, and of course, here's the other thing I'm, I'm also understanding is like when you donate, like we also have a donate page if, if that's inspiring to any of your listeners. Even if you donate one or two dollars, what happens is your heart has gone to a cause. It doesn't matter if it's my cause or whatever cause. Your heart has just taken a moment and put your intention into that organization. And that has an effect too. This all these little acts of love and kindness have an effect. A donation for my organization this month will go towards the film we're making called Childhood Trauma Behind Bars. And the podcast we're making called Vent. Vent is um, the way they communicate within the prison walls through the vent. And it's also about venting, but also they're using the word vent like it's an event or it's an adventure. So they're playing with that. And we're hoping we're hoping to have celebrities, if anyone, celebrities listening, to have them send their own vent to the podcast so that they can vent and we'll play their vent. And they don't have to do a whole podcast. They can just do a event. And um, so that's an exciting project that we're working on. And so many things. I've written a play with another incarcerated man that we'll be re- we're doing our re- first reading this month. And the sky is the limit. These men are talented and brilliant. And these women are talented and brilliant. And we need them back with us, healed and ready to give back to society. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I am so grateful that I personally was able to spend the last 35 minutes chatting with you. And I'm sure the listeners feel the same way. When we learn what other people are doing through our stories, through everyone's stories, we connect a little bit, whether it's not that we can relate to exactly what the other person's story is or what they're doing or what their journey is. There's something that hits us, you know, as human beings. And so we grow as a result. And I know that from having this conversation with you today, I'm leaving with lots of thoughts about how I can contribute and continue to spread kindness and, and maybe do more volunteering. So thank you, Fritzy, so much for that gift. 
Uh, thank you so much, Megan, and thank you for, you know, opening my eyes more about what I can do to bring more compassion into this world. And thank you for all the work you do. It's so beautiful. Thank you so much for listening to this week's version of Kindversations. If you want to learn more about the Kindness Rocks Project, you can visit thekindnessrocksproject.com or follow us on Instagram at the Kindness Rocks Project, Facebook, or on Twitter at the Kindness Rock because there were not enough letters to add project to that. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us and we'll have a new conversation next week.